You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. You guys can be seated. Come on, is anybody excited to be in church today? Come on now. Yes, what an awesome day to be here. Man, as usual, it's such a joy and a privilege. It always feels like I'm, I'm coming home when I come to Longview, Texas. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I was born and raised in Louisiana, all right? And so actually North Louisiana, I'm a redneck, not a Cajun. There's a difference. Sermon for another time, all right? Shout out to our Louisiana folk watching online. But man, I am, I am so excited to be here with you today. And listen, today is, for me personally, is not just another message. Today is personal to me. Uh, Because as I prayed about what I wanted to share with you guys or what the Lord would have me share to encourage you and build your faith today, the Lord took me back to some some things he's been showing me in my own journey, in my own walk with the Lord. You know, I've been a pastor for 15 years now. I've been a Christian for 20, and, and I'm still learning and growing just like many of you. I don't have this figured out. And over the past three to four months, I've probably experienced more spiritual growth than I've experienced in a really long time as a Christ follower. And so as I said, today's not just another message for me, today is personal. Uh, And I'm really excited to share it with you because I believe the same can happen for you. In fact, what the Lord's been doing with me recently is based off of this idea we find in scripture that you and I, there are three parts to our being. Everyone say three. Three parts to our being. Now, as Christians, we believe that we serve a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we also believe the Bible teaches that he has created us as human beings in three parts. We have our body, our physical body, we have our spirit, and then we have our soul. And the difference between spirit and soul, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. It is how God has wired you to think and act as a human being. So your soul is different than your spirit. In fact, we find this concept in one of the places in scripture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Here's what it says. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify. Everyone say sanctify. Can I just remind you that when you said yes to Jesus, God deposited his spirit in you and his spirit lives within you so that you can be sanctified, so that you can be set apart, so that you can be made more like Christ. Can I also remind you that, hey, listen, friend, you are on a journey. You're in process. So listen, with that being said, I just feel like someone today needs to hear this. It's okay that you're not okay. You're in process. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And the beauty of Christianity is that the Holy Spirit lives within us, and he is the one responsible for our sanctification. Amen? So may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So what the Lord's been doing with me here recently is reminding me that there are three parts to my being. There is my spirit, my soul, and my body. And what I have found to be true in my own personal life as a Christian and as a pastor is oftentimes what happens to us is we tend to only focus on one of those three. And for us as Christians, a lot of the time we try to spend as we grow into becoming the men and the women God has called us to be, we spend a lot of time on the spirit. 
So we want to learn more about Jesus. We want to learn more about the Bible. We want to feed our spirit again so that we can become the people of faith that God has called us to be. And that's a good thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. However, what I have found to be true is that when we only focus on one part of our being, if we don't pay attention, if we don't strengthen, if we don't bring some health to our body or our soul, oftentimes we will be blindsided by one of those other things taking the steering wheel of our life. And so what the Lord has been showing me here recently is, man, there's some things that need to be worked on in Zach Rogers' life. And he's been doing some surgery, and I'm telling you, friends, it's revolutionized my relationship with him. And so today, that's what I want to help you discover for yourself as well. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the Old Testament. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 57. If you're new to the Bible, just go about halfway and open it up, and you're probably going to be in the book of Psalms, all right? Psalm chapter 57. As you're turning there, I'm going to pray as we get ready to dig in God's Word. Lord, we thank you for today. And God, we just thank you again for the opportunity to come into your house, to worship you, to praise you, and Lord, to hear from you. So God, my prayer is that you would use my voice, that you would use my voice to build and encourage your people. Help us become who you've called us to be, not for our own sake, but for yours. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Hey, before we get started, I got I to gotta tell you guys something that happened to me a few months ago. Uh, so again, for those of you that know me, you know I was born and raised in Louisiana, and I, I love to spend time in the outdoors. It's always been a family thing for me. Um, so a few months ago, um, on this piece of property that I spent a lot of time on, we, we have discovered that there's an unhealthy amount of predators on this property. Now, for those of you who don't know much about the outdoors or, or having a balanced ecosystem, let me tell you why this is bad. When you have too many coyotes, which we have too many of, um, it can destroy your deer population and your turkey population. In fact, studies show that one coyote can kill about 19 to 20 baby deer in a six-week period. So what I decided to do a few months ago is I was just going to get into trapping. I was going to start trapping these coyotes, trying to, trying to bring some balance to the ecosystem. Again, for all the animal lovers, it's important to have balance, all right? I'm just trying to save Bambi, okay? So I can harvest them later and eat them, all right? So... <laughs> So in order to bring this balance, again, like uh, we, we've tried hunting them, we've tried different means, um, so we decided trapping would be the better way. So like many people, I decided that I would just go on YouTube, do a lot of research, and now I'm an expert trapper, all right? And so I started trapping, and, and a few months ago, me and my son and a friend of mine were out at this piece of property, and we were putting out traps all morning. I was getting close to lunchtime, we were getting hungry, and by this point, um, I was putting out my 20th trap of the day. Now, up to this point, for the weeks following, I had done this about 150 to 200 times. I'd done it a lot. And by the way, the traps we're using are like the foot traps, right? Like you've seen them before where you step in it and it closes on you. Now, calm down. Let me explain how these work. They don't hurt the animal, okay? These are traps designed that if you catch the wrong animal, it doesn't break skin or bone. You can release it and it can run off and play happy ever after with its family, all right? but they close hard enough where they can hold the animal in place until you get there. So I'm setting this trap. It's the last one of the day. We're getting hungry. We're getting ready to go back to the camp. Um, my friend's standing here. My son's sitting here. And I'm sitting here, and I'm bedding this trap down. I'm, I'm getting it all covered up with the dirt and figured out. And then all of a sudden, pow, that trap goes off on the tip of my finger. <laughs> right? 
So listen, if I'm shaking your hand out in the lobby, you're like, what is that fungus on your finger? It's not a fungus, all right? It's growing back. In fact, it was black until about three days ago, all right? And it just fell off. But anyways, I have people ask me, Pastor Zach, did that hurt? Have you ever been to the doctor and they have like a pain scale? You know what I'm talking about? One to 10, I believe it is. Well, well pastors have their own pain scale, okay? For pastors, you know it hurts when you let a cuss word slip out, all right? Listen, we love Jesus, but we might cuss a little, all right? So I'm just telling you. So listen, it didn't make me cuss, but it got a Christian cuss, all right? Nonetheless, like it, it hurt really, caught me right on the tip, and my son was there. I was just trying to be a good example for him. I didn't, I Christian cuss, so everything's good. But you know what's interesting when I tell people about that? You know, when I got into trapping, when you talk to old timers, Here's what they'll say about trapping. Because again, you're messing with hundreds of these traps. And again, they are triggered to where if you just a little bit of pressure, they go off. And here's what the old timers will tell you about trapping. It's not a matter of if you're going to set one off on your hand. It's a matter of when you're going to set one off on your hand. Which leads me into what I want to talk to you today about. Your soul. Because here's what I've discovered, especially for men. And this happens to a lot of people. If you decide to ignore the fact that you have insecurities, brokenness, and wounds in your soul from your past. It's not a matter of if your soul is going to snap on you. It's a matter of when. And what I have discovered in my own personal life, listen to me, church, I am testifying to you today. I am giving witness to what I am about to tell you is true. When you don't deal with the insecurities, the brokenness, and the wounds of your past that are within your soul, listen to me, what's in the past will 100% of the time show up in the present. And what I'm here today to do is appeal to you that you don't just continue to just focus on your spirit. But while you are focusing on the spirit, you allow the spirit to interact and change your soul. Because again, there are some things that we sweep under the rug. There are things that we choose not to deal with because that's easier, right? I mean, as human beings, it's a lot easier to run from pain than to face it and to deal with it. And what I want to propose to you today, that is detrimental to your journey with the Lord, to your marriage, to your family, to your business, and to the loved ones around you. And so today, I'm here to appeal to you and answer the question, how do we care for our soul? How do we care for our soul? Which brings us to Psalm 57. Now, before we read this chapter, I want to give you some context. I love the book of Psalms. In fact, if there's one book in the entire Bible that has the authority on speaking to the soul, the mind, will, and emotions of human beings, it is the book of Psalms. In fact, throughout the book, the soul alone is mentioned over 97 times. And also what I love about the book of Psalms, is it's a book that shows us how we can have an authentic, everyone say authentic, relationship with God. And I emphasize authentic because believe it or not, there are a lot of people who approach God who put a mask on as they approach him. There are a lot of us that feel like we have to look a certain way, that we have to be a certain way before we enter into the presence of the Lord. And what I love about Psalms is it shows us what an authentic relationship looks like. Also, what I love about Psalms is that it shows us that our God not only connects with us on a cognitive level through logic and reasoning, he also connects with his people on an emotional level. 
And I love this about our God. In fact, in the book of Psalms, you'll see that every chapter fits into one of two categories. Either it's a lament, which if you're new to church, a lament is a place of sorrow, a crying out, if you will. Uh, Imagine the things that you would say or write down if you were in a storm or in a valley in life. That's what a lament is. So we find chapters throughout Psalm that fall into that category. Then we find other chapters that would fit into the category of praises. Imagine one of your best days. You have all the things to be thankful for, all the things, like you're just on the mountaintop of a spiritual high. That's what a praise would be. And again, throughout the book of Psalms, every chapter is going to fit into one of those two categories. Well, today, chapter 57 will be what's considered a lament. And the reason it's considered a lament is because the context of this story is David is writing from a place of sorrow. Now, again, for those of you who are new to church, this is David that killed Goliath. He later becomes the king of Israel. Many of us have heard of King David and know a lot about him. Well, in this particular case, what has happened is King Saul, who was king over Israel during this time, has become extremely jealous of David and all the things that David has accomplished. And his response to that emotion of jealousy is to decide that he's going to kill King David. So he goes after King David. David's on the run. Well, Saul and his men come to a town and find out that this town had been harboring David. So while David was there, they fed him some food. And the way that King Saul responds to them helping David is by deciding that he was going to kill 85 innocent priests that lived in this town. Then he goes on from there, turns to his men, and says, hey, I want you to go into the town. We can find this story, by the way, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 22. You can go read it later for yourself if you want. But Saul looks at his men. He says, hey, I want you to go into that town, and I want you to kill every man, woman, child, infant, and animal in that town. And that's exactly what his men did. Saul's men goes into this town and and murders hundreds of innocent lives, all because they decided to give David some bread. And after this horrific incident, word gets back to David what has happened on his behalf. And David now is going to come to the Lord, and he is now going to lament based off of the news that he received. And those are the words we're about to read. Now, we're gonna read this whole chapter. It's 11 verses, so just bear with me. But I want you to listen to how David approaches the Lord. Put yourself in his shoes. Imagine the emotion. Imagine the anxiety and the stress, the distress that he's experiencing as a human being. And now he's taking that into the presence of the Lord. Imagine what he's experiencing here as we listen to his words. Here's what he says. We'll pick it up in verse one. He says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me, Selah. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. Lie down amid fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into themselves. Selah. 
My heart is steadfast, oh God. My heart is steadfast, and I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Some translations say, awake, O my soul. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn, and I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. And the last verse, he finishes with this. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. What a response to a tragic, horrific incident. Hundreds are murdered down to the, the children and the babies, lose their lives all because they decided to give David some bread while he was on the run from King Saul. And what we see here with King David is that he takes his emotions and his feelings into the presence of the Lord. And we see that though he is lamenting, we also see him speaking from a place of faith. May I remind you that faith is simply confidence in God and his goodness. So in response to this horrific situation, we see that King David is still willing to place his faith in a good God. So if you're taking notes this morning... I want you to write this down. Again, the question is, how do we care for our soul? The first thing we gotta be willing to do is be aware of the state of our soul. Be aware of the state of our soul. Now, the, the reason I am saying that, and I'm especially, I'm not only talking to men, but I'm especially talking to men. Because what tends to happen for many of us is that we, again, we ignore what's in the past not realizing that when we ignore our insecurities, when we ignore the wounds in our soul, that it absolutely 100% of the time will affect the present. And so what I want you to do first is recognize, and what we see with King David is that he is willing to acknowledge the state of his soul. In fact, in verse four, he says, my soul is in the midst of lions. When you study King David, you see that even though he can sing, even though he can play an instrument, though he writes poetry, he's also a man's man. In fact, he's probably the greatest picture of biblical masculinity that we see. So yes, he's in touch with his feelings and emotions, but he can also kill a bear and a lion with his bare hands and a giant with a slingshot and a stone, so you're not going to say anything. Nonetheless, what we see from him and what he exemplifies for us is that he is in touch with the state of his soul. Listen to me, friend. You need to be aware of what's happening, what's going on in your soul. And I would be willing to wager and bet that a lot of the things that you struggle with in your life is rooted in insecurities, brokenness, or wounds that are in your soul that have not been dealt with. And we see here with him, he's aware. He's aware with what influences his soul. Let me ask you a question with a show of hands. How many of you in here uh, own an iPhone? Raise your hand if you got an iPhone. Proud iPhone owners in the room. I got an iPhone as well. And I don't know about you, but what I've discovered about my iPhone is that my phone is always listening to me. Like I remember when this is like a conspiracy theory years ago. No, it's like a real thing. In fact, just this past week, Miranda and I were watching a Western, a movie with cowboys on it, and one of the cowboys gets out some, some dip and starts dipping some tobacco, and so Miranda and I start talking about it, and I start talking about pouches, like now they make pouches in tobacco. The next day on my Instagram feed is nothing but advertisements for pouches and tobacco. My phone is always listening to me. The same is true for your soul. Your soul, my friend, is always listening to you. 
Not just the thoughts that you have, but the words that you speak over your life. Listen to me, friend. You need to be aware of the things that you speak about yourself. You need to be aware of the things that you are speaking out loud. The Bible even tells us that we need to capture our thoughts, right? We need to think about the things that are good, the things of the Lord. And I'm going to take it a step farther, not just the things that you think, but the things that you say out loud, because there is something that happens, powerfully happens, when it goes from here to being spoken out loud. And there are some of you in this room that you're still allowing your past to define who you are. There are some of you in this room that you keep just saying, well, that's just who I am. That's, I, that's just the way I was raised. That's my daddy. That's my grandpa, so I'm going to be that way. And you keep speaking things over your life. The bondage and chains that you have on your life, you allow to stay on your life because you speak it over your life. And here's how I know that's true. Because if you have given your life to Jesus, those chains have already been broken. <laughs> and while we sing all these songs about chains being broken... And while we read books about it and while we celebrate it because it sounds good, well, listen, but some of you are Christ followers and you're trying to figure out why are chains still in my life? Because when I sing about it, it doesn't seem to be my reality. It's possible, but it's not your reality because you went and picked up the very chains that he broke off and you put them back on yourself because you keep speaking those things over your life. Your soul, it's listening to you. Listen, can I remind you, you are not your past? Your past does not get to define you. And listen, friend, I don't know what you've done in your past. And maybe for some of you in here, you've got some pretty crazy testimonies and you've done some bad things. But can I just remind you, because of the gospel, that's what you did. That's not who you are. And you need to start speaking that over yourself. Your soul is listening. You know what's also interesting about my iPhone? It doesn't just listen to my voice. It listens to the voice of others. In fact, I know this to be true because when I start seeing makeup advertisements, <laughs> interior design, barn dominiums, I know that my phone has been listening to my wife. In fact, for some of you today, when you get home, you're gonna start seeing some trapping show up on your, your, on your social media because your phone's listening to me right now. Your, your soul isn't just listening to your voice, it's listening to the voice of others. What is the point? You need to be aware of the state of your soul. One of the things that I love to study as a pastor is leadership, and because I love to study leadership leads me to reading a lot of books, and one of the things I love to study is culture. In fact, culture exists everywhere you go. You have a culture in your home. It's a set of values that you live by. It's the atmosphere of a community. So you have culture in your home. You have a culture in your school. You have a culture in this church. Longview, Texas has its own culture. Culture exists, and here's what they'll say. Many experts who who teach on leadership and culture, they have a saying, and here's how it goes. It says, culture is not just what you create, it's what you allow. I think the same can be said of our soul. Your soul is not just what you create, it's also what you allow. Be careful, friend, with the things that you allow to stay in your life because your soul is listening, amen? Be aware of the state of your soul. Number two, write this down. Now we need to strengthen the health of our soul. We know that it's there. We know that we have a mind, will, and emotions. We know that we are to point those things towards the Lord. Now we need to be willing to strengthen our soul, which means, friend, we're gonna have to go back and deal with some things from the past. If we want our yesterdays dealt with, we've got to unravel some things, we've gotta unpack some things, and we've gotta do some work. 
We've got to deal with some things in our past. In fact, I heard Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church just this morning. Uh, I was watching them, and he said it this way. How can you defeat what you won't define? Man, some of you in this room, there are things that creep up in your life. Some of you in this room, there are some roots to your behaviors that you are sick and tired of. You don't want to be that way towards your spouse. You don't want to be that way towards your children. You don't want to snap like that when that thing happens. And the problem is you can't defeat that thing if you're not willing to define it. And if we're going to define it, we've got to go back and do some searching. In fact, right now in our culture, there's this popular idea, topic, even outside the church, this idea of soul care. Have you heard this? Soul care? Mental health days. There are a lot of other things that they talk about in caring for your soul. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. But what I want to propose to you today is, listen, you don't need more soul care. For a lot of you, you need some soul surgery. Because see, soul care, care means to maintain. Surgery means we need to remove some things. We need to redirect some things, and we need to bring healing. Listen to me, friend. A wound will not heal until surgery has happened. Then it can become a scar. And right now, I'm suggesting to many of you, you've got some wounds in your soul. Now, there's a difference between a wound and a scar. In fact, for myself, I have lots of scars. I know that surprises you. Lots of scars. In fact, I got one here right between my fingers when I was 16. I decided to play chicken with a tree with my Z71 and the tree won. And when I hit that tree at 55 miles an hour, it shot glass into my knuckles and I had to get some stitches. Also, one time when I was dating my beautiful wife now, we were 16, 17 years old, I decided to take her out on a redneck date. We decided we're going to go build a duck bun on our date. So we go build this duck bun. I had a saw, cutting some limbs, sliced my arm open, had to go spend the rest of the date in the hospital. It was incredible. Great memory. I got a scar right up here on my forehead. I was doing construction with my dad one time, and I had a hammer yanking down on a piece of plywood, and I wasn't wearing a hat, and the hammer came loose, hit me in the head, had to go get stitches. Embarrassing. I got another scar right here on the side of my head where a bottle, glass bottle hit me on the side of the head. Another story for another time. I got scars. But you know what's interesting about my scars? I can talk about them. They're funny now. We can touch them. In fact, you, you can come and touch my scars and they won't hurt. There's no pain. But wounds, wounds are different. See, when you touch a wound, there's, there's pain. And if you touch it long enough, it'll start to bleed. What I'm suggesting to you, friend, is that you've got some wounds on your soul that have not been healed. So here's what happens. When your spouse touches that, when your children touch that, when a coworker touches that or your boss, or you see something on social media, it hurts. It presses on that insecurity. It presses on that weakness or that brokenness that's never been dealt with. And then here's what happens, friend. If they press long enough, you start to bleed. And when you bleed, you don't just bleed on you. You bleed on your spouse. You bleed on your children. You bleed on the ones that you love. And what I'm asking you to do today is recognize and admit. Again, let's define what we want to defeat. Do you know how you defeat it? It's not more books. It's not more podcasts. It's by bringing it into the presence of the Lord. In fact, that's what I love about King David and what he's exemplifying for us. It's what I love about Psalms. To me, in my opinion, Psalms is one of the most real books in the Bible as far as emotions and authenticity of how we approach God goes. 
Because what it shows us is that our God does not put emotional qualifiers on us before we enter his presence. So our God does not say, hey, get your stuff together before you come to me. Don't be bringing all that baggage up in here. He says, no, come as you are. In fact, can I remind you that Jesus said in 11, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I think we all could admit, man, sometimes life's just heavy. And Jesus says, come and I will give you rest. Listen, I love this because in Psalms, we don't just see men and women coming in and praising him when, when there's joy and there's peace and there's happiness and things are going great and God's providing. No, we also see men and women come and lament and cry out to him when they're experiencing anxiety and depression and despair, when they don't have the answers, when they don't understand what's going on. But what I love about Psalms is that every time we see men and women in this place where they're being real and authentic with God, there's something that happens in that process, and it always, everyone say always, always leads to praise. So listen, friend, it's okay to be here, and it's okay to come to God when you're here. And the reason that we come to him when we're in this place of despair is because we know that as we reflect on him, so what we saw with David in Psalm 57, didn't you hear some faith in his voice? God will come through for me. God is steadfast in his love for me. I don't know what your surroundings are. I don't know what the outcome of this situation that you're facing right now is going to be. I don't know what kind of surgery you need from your past, but here's what I do know. God is good and he loves you and he desires for you to be in his presence. Healing comes in the presence of God, amen? We need to strengthen the health of our soul. The last thing I have for you as we wrap up today is this. Number three, write it down. We need to be willing to bear our soul to someone. Now hang with me for just a moment. Let me say it again. We need to be willing to bear our soul to someone. In fact, Galatians 6.2 says it this way. Bear one another's burdens. And so, fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. I heard a great pastor say it this way before. He said, not everyone needs to know what you're thinking and feeling, especially social media, but someone does. So let me ask you this, friend. How are you doing? Like, if it was just me and you, and I told you it's a safe place, and I said, hey, man, just be 100% honest with me. Man, how, how are you doing? And I want you to think about your answer. Because like many of you, my response oftentimes has been, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And, and here's why I would say it, right? I, I, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's a Christian way of saying it, right? And, and listen, I think it's okay for us to, to be in a place of faith and saying, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I've got a lot of junk going on in my life right now, but I'm good because God's good. I think it's okay to think that way but not to the detriment of not dealing with the unhealth and the wounds in our soul. We can be a people of faith. We can speak to what God's going to do. We can speak about the, the goodness of God in spite of the things that are broken within us, but we don't do that at the expense of not having the surgery. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Bear your soul to someone. This is why groups are important. This is why groups matter. This is why it's important to have someone in your life that loves Jesus more than they love you. 
So again, this pastor would say, hey, listen, not everyone needs to know what you're thinking, but someone does. So back to you, friend. Those of you that say, man, I'm not, I'm not okay. In fact, I just told you earlier before I started this message that what I'm sharing with you today is personal to me. This was Zach Greider four months ago. I was not okay. And I've been in those seasons before. And guess what? There's probably gonna be another season. I got a lot of ministry left ahead of me. There's probably gonna be more seasons. I've got three children. I've got human relationships. I live in the same culture that you live in. There are probably gonna be times that come for Zach Greider's future where he's not okay. And here's what I'm, I'm dedicated to, that when that season comes, I'm not sweeping it on the rug. I'm gonna allow the surgery to happen that needs to happen for his glory and his name's sake. And that's what I'm asking you to do today, friend. This, this is not, a, this isn't a switch that you can just flip. Can I just tell you that? And that's okay too. And some of you, when you start digging into these insecurities and these wounds of your past and in your soul, listen to me, friend, it's gonna take some time. I've been doing some work for a long time on Zach Greider and my soul. It's gonna take some time. What I'm asking you to do is be willing to go on the journey, to go through the process. It's worth it 100%, 100%, because here's what happens. It's not just that my life's better it's that my relationship with my creator is stronger. And that's the goal. The goal is him. So allow your feelings and your emotions, the good ones and the bad ones, to take you into the presence of the Lord. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I just thank you for your word and your plan for our life. God, my Hope today is that for every person that's here, every person that's watching online right now, God, my hope is that they desire an authentic relationship with you. And in that desire and in that pursuit, God, I pray today that you've already started to speak to them, that for many sitting in this room and those watching online, you've already revealed, man, there's still some work to be done in our soul. So God, my prayer is that you would give us boldness, confidence, and the willingness to come into your presence, to let you see the wounds, and allow you to do the surgery that's needed for healing to come. God, our prayer today is that every wound in our soul becomes a scar so that it becomes a part of our story. And no matter who touches it, it no longer hurts. It's something that we can speak about and point towards your goodness and your restorative power. So God, I pray that for every person here today. Show them what needs to happen. Bring the surgery and bring the healing that's needed. Thank you, Lord. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, one more prayer for you today before we move on. Maybe for some of you sitting here today, if you were honest, you would say that you've never given your life to Jesus. You know all about him. You have a lot of knowledge of him, but you've never actually experienced him. See, I can talk about this supernatural healing that happens in our soul, but that only comes because my spirit has been healed. And for some of you, you can, you can fix your soul all you want, but if your spirit is still sick, if your spirit is still broken, you're building your faith in your life on shifting sand. And so if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if he has not changed your life, I wanna give you the opportunity to meet him right here in this moment. 
So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a second. This is not a magical prayer. There's not a formula to this. In fact, you can use your own words if you'd like. We're simply surrendering our life to Jesus. And if you wanna do that, friend, you can pray this with me quietly to yourself. So just pray with me, friend. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I know I've messed up. God, I wanna ask you to forgive me of my sins and my mistakes. And today, God, today I wanna turn from doing life my way and I wanna start doing life your way. And right now, Jesus, I wanna invite you into my heart and into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. And I wanna thank you, Jesus. I wanna thank you for just now hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking up, no one's looking around. There are some of you here today and those watching online that just pray with me. I'm not gonna call you out or embarrass you or anything like that. I just wanna help you and, uh, take your next step and to celebrate your decision. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, those of you that pray with me, would you just lift up your hand real quick, just those that prayed? No one else looking up, no one looking around, just those that prayed. Awesome. With heads bowed and eyes closed, those of you that pray with me, would you just look up at me real quick? Man, I'm so, so excited about your decision. You're just now starting a life-changing journey with Jesus. And as your spiritual family, we wanna help you take your next step. And Pastor Tim's gonna tell you that in just a moment. But I just wanna tell you, man, I'm so, so excited for you. And for those that are watching online, so excited for you. Hey, church, can we give it up for those that took a step towards Christ today? Come on, show them some love, Pastor Tim. Wow, thank you, Pastor Zach Greider. You are an amazing speaker. If you just pray to receive Christ, perhaps you're watching online or maybe you're in the room today, I want you to know that there is a number that we would like for you to text. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll text the words, I prayed, to that number that's appearing on your screen right now, we're gonna send you the links to some things that will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. We're so incredibly proud of you. and It's our greatest honor to help you on your journey to get to know Jesus better. And uh, good for you, good for you, good for you. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. We're just about to wrap up today. We're gonna to invite our elders and their wives forward. These guys are gonna remain standing in front of the platform as the service ends so that if you need prayer for anything, they'll be available to pray for you. If you're watching online, you need a little prayer pick-me-up, we would love to pray for you as well. Type your prayer request in the comment section. And don't forget to like and share. It's always a huge honor and a blessing for us when you share that message on your social media platform. For everybody else, I want you to know, man, it's such a good weekend. It's, I'm so encouraged. I'm so blessed. I hope that you were blessed as well, man. It's so good to have Pastor Chris back. We've got a new member of our family. We've got Pastor Zach and Miranda in the house. His awesome wife, Miranda. Make sure that you say hello to her. We also have Pastor Jeremy from High Ridge Fort Worth and his wife, Tara. He's our worship pastor at High Ridge Fort Worth. And so if, uh, if you guys want to take a few moments, if you would, before you leave, make sure you show them some, some family love from out here in East Texas. And so we just love you. We're so glad that you're here. It's always good to have you. For everybody else, let me bless you and send you out. Father, I thank you for these amazing people that have dug into your word. And I pray that the word would find good soil, that they'd be blessed as they follow you all week long. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at High Ridge LV 
or you can check out our website at highridgelv.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.